As we move forward in our discussion on the Great Commission, we can't help but talk about those who've accepted the call to go around the world and preach the gospel. These people we know as missionaries, many of which we would consider as church planters. But what is a church planter and what's involved in the church planting process? I'm Damon Matichera. Let's talk missions. Hey everyone, it is great to be back. Uh, I know that we had started the the podcast a while ago, but then we kind of disappeared on you. Uh, I do apologize for that. We were uh, unwell. We had a lot of health issues going on, uh, but thankfully our recovery is uh, ongoing and things are much better today uh, to the point where I'm back to work and we're continuing with this podcast. Uh, Today we're looking at what is a church planter? Okay, what is a missionary that is going to plant churches. Uh, Besides the obvious understanding that a church planter starts churches, there's a little bit more behind that. You know, the American church has a lot of different ideas and expectations with what missions is all about. I think largely because there are a lot of different missionaries, different types of missionaries out there. We have everyone from humanitarian missionaries to medical, foreign and domestic, national, media-based Uh, And then we have church planting missionaries like me. Uh, Basically, as a church planter, when I'm in Zambia, Africa, I want to go to areas, to villages, different towns where there is less to no gospel presence. And I want to be able to preach the gospel, to see people saved, to see people come and accept Christ, and then take these people to really invest in them and to give them a desire to follow Jesus And as they grow in their faith, we want them to to be empowered. We want them to be inspired to go and to multiply, uh, to go and to reach their own people. And that's kind of in a nutshell what we do. You know, it's kind of funny. A lot of people, um, they come up to us and they say, Damon, what exactly do you do? (laughs) I mean, we know you start churches, but what does that mean? And it's a great question. It really is because there's not a whole lot out there with Uh, the logistics of a church planting effort. And so as we look at it, um, we we have to go back to the very beginning, the foundation of of our very mission that we have, and that is in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20, where Jesus came and spake unto them, being his disciples, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And so this uh, passage that we know as the Great Commission is really what we go to. Uh, this is the foundation where Christ is, is telling us and he's commanding us to go. He says, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore. You know, we're we're quite familiar with that part, that first part about going, okay? Uh, Going and teaching all nations. Again, in verse 20, teaching them to observe all things. But notice with me that Christ did not say, 
go and start churches. <laughs> go and just start as many churches as you can, and the more the merrier. You know, obviously we want to start churches. Don't get me wrong. I don't want anyone to misunderstand me. We we want to start churches. I I am, technically, I am a church planter. I would love to see as many churches started in Zambia uh, as we can get started. I mean, that would be the goal because of what the church represents, uh, and that is the people. And the more churches, the more people that we can see come to Christ, the more people that we can see grow. But I guess my concern here is that when we place a higher priority on actually starting a church, then, and we put less priority on actually the people of the church, then sure, we can start a lot of churches, but is the goal to start as many churches as we can? Or is the goal to actually start a church that the people, they really know Christ and they want to follow Christ? And, it, and it's going to become a church that is able to to multiply and to go out and reach their own people. Now, also, I mean, as we talk about missions, you know, I'm referencing all of this in Zambia, Africa, with the churches that we are starting. But, but what about you? I mean, you're here tuning in, and you probably are a member of a church. And the things we're talking about also apply to you. They apply to your church because this command is for all believers. So whether you are an American living right here in the United States or whether, you know, we're talking about in Zambia, the command is the same. Okay, the Bible shows us how churches are birthed, especially in the New Testament, but it's from disciple-making movements among unreached people groups. Uh, when we started our work at Chiambikezo, even before there was a Chiambikezo uh, in Pingua Baptist, uh, before there was a church, before there was anything, uh, we just met there once a week in a Bible study. We, we went there, we taught the Bible. There was no church, there was no uh, expectations. The people there weren't, you know, arguing about, oh, who's going to be the deacon, who's going to be the usher, uh, who's going to be the door greeter. I mean, we didn't even have a door. There was no door. It was a mud building <laughs> with, with no doors. So we didn't have to worry about door greeters. Uh, but, but still, there was no pressure for the people to be kind of competing with the things that churches uh, undergo as they grow. But the people there, they came simply to learn, to learn and to grow. And this gave us time to actually invest in these people, to develop relationships with them. And it allowed me to, to develop and grow a core group of men that I could personally pour my life into and to train them, to teach them, to establish them in doctrine. And, and from that, uh, there eventually came the time when these men and their families, they came to me and they said, hey, Mbusa Maliko, Tifuna Kuyamba, Pingoatu, we want to start our church. We want to actually come together as a church. We want to be organized. And it was funny because my my responsibility was to go there to lead people to Christ and to disciple them. I look at myself as a missionary, as a teacher, as um, someone who trains, as a mentor. Um, and, and as I was just teaching, people came together. People came to the knowledge of Christ. And as they grew in that knowledge and as they grew in their faith, 
you know, it wasn't me that was pushing the idea of starting a church, but rather it was a natural uh, progression in that in that village, in that group of people. The natural progression was, hey, let's start a church. And it wasn't born from my efforts, but rather it was born from the work that God was doing in the hearts and lives of the people right there in the Ben Jerry village. So the efforts of organizing a church should always come second to making disciples. Making disciples is where our priority needs to be. Okay, in Africa, making disciples. It needs to be all about making disciples. In in America, right here in your church, we need to focus more on discipleship, more on following Jesus and what that means. You know, often we don't we don't really fully understand what that all entails, uh, but it's something that we do need to look into. We know that the church is not the building, uh, but rather it's the people. This is a message that's preached all the time. I'm sure um, all of you, I'm sure even you, you know that the church is not the building, but it's the people. But yet, we relentlessly prioritize buildings. We prioritize institutions over influencing a generation to follow Christ. If it's If it really is about people, if the church is all about people, If the church is people, well, then that is what we need to be developing. That is where our concern needs to be at. That is where the the push and the focus of our ministry needs to be honed in on. It needs to be centered in and around people. But when we don't, when we don't prioritize people, when we prioritize the building and the organization and the setting up of the church, well, then this, men, this mentality, it does allow us to leave a physical footprint while failing to inspire a spiritual one. Uh, back in, I think it was 2004, 2005, uh, while my family and I traveled around the United States on our deputation, we had the opportunity to, to go and visit around 200 churches. Um, a lot of these churches were great churches, but there were a few where there were like five to ten people left, and that was it. They, they were churches that had beautiful buildings, big buildings. I mean, you could fit hundreds of people in some of these churches, and all that was left was the pastor and his family. And it was really sad because it was like we were witnessing a church that was alive, dying and, and turning into a monument, a monument of, a, of an age, a day long past, and we would walk down the church, and it was just quiet and eerie. And we'd be looking at these pictures of, uh, of when the church was flourishing and when the church was, was there and people were active. And it was it, the, the contrast between how it was and how it, how it was on that particular day when we were there, it was just unreal. And it was disheartening. But, you know, when we prioritize the establishment of the church— over the establishing of its people, then we lead the church down a road to complacency. Now, complacency, um, it's something that can really plague a church. It could be in any of our lives. In fact, it is in our life to some degree because we're people and we deal with, with sin and we have to die daily and we have to put Christ first. But, you know, complacency is a feeling of contentment 
uh, it's a feeling of satisfaction, but especially with an unawareness of a looming danger, trouble, or controversy. So basically, there's a danger, and complacency is when we would rather bury our heads in the sand. We would rather ignore the problem than deal with the problem. Complacency is a problem uh, that transcends cultures, borders, and country lines. Uh, we can't just look at the American church and talk about complacency. There's, there is complacency even in Zambia. Um, it doesn't matter where you go. People are people. But the command of Jesus to follow me is also a solution that transcends borders and country lines. If we would but follow him, discipleship is about following Jesus. That's what it is about. And as a church planter, that's my desire. I want people to follow Jesus. I want to follow Jesus, and I want others to do the same. But you know, when we talk about discipleship, wow, often we are, often we are so off base that we don't even know what discipleship is all about anymore. When we look at the condition of the church today, uh, we have the same conversation time and time again, but we never reevaluate the very methods and ideologies that have led us in failure time and time again. We just do the same thing and we keep on failing. And that's kind of the definition of insanity. But you know, we need to we need to look at the situation and maybe look at it a little differently. How many times have maybe you been in a meeting or uh, you've heard of meetings that have gone on and uh, people look at the church and they notice the decline and they notice that something needs to change, something needs to be done. And so one man will, you know, pipe up and he'll say, hey, we need to evangelize more. We need to be out there. We need to start evangelizing, going out at least once a week, getting new people in the church. We need new people. We need new families. We need to get some new life. And then another man raises his hand and says, that's great. We do need to evangelize. But uh, what we really need is we really need discipleship. Because how can we reach these people outside our church when we need to focus more on growing the ones we have first? And, the, you know, because they notice the church is, seems shallow and it's producing shallow and immature Christians. And so the reasoning makes sense, unless, unless we're wrong in what we're assuming, unless we're wrong across the board. You see, many times we wrongly assume that discipleship is about learning a bunch of lessons. You know, there's like, uh, I mean, I have so many different books on discipleship. I have a 10-lesson discipleship course. I have a 20-lesson discipleship course. I have a 5-lesson discipleship course and everything else in between. You can have as many discipleship books uh, as you want, but becoming a disciple of Christ is not necessarily going through a book of lessons. You can learn all the doctrines, uh, but knowledge does not produce maturity. There, otherwise, we would be uh, talking a different story about the American church. I mean, uh, churches in America are some of the most knowledgeable in the whole world. Christians in America have so much Bible knowledge, so much knowledge of Scripture, uh, so much knowledge of doctrine, and yet uh, we still find the same issues in America that we do in other countries. And we still find a decline 
uh, in people's spiritual spirituality. And so we can't look to knowledge as the source of moving forward and following Christ. Okay, knowledge is great, and we all should go through discipleship lessons. We all should learn what it means to be a Christian and how it connects to our faith and how that connects to other people. Um, we should learn the fundamentals of our faith. I mean, if you haven't gone through uh, like a discipleship course, I would strongly encourage you to do so. It can only help you, really. Uh, but going through those lessons, is that really going to make you a follower of Christ? Not totally, because there's a decision on your part. You have to decide, I'm going to follow Jesus. And I want uh, the decisions that I make and I want the choices that I make to reflect that, that I'm following Christ, that I am following Jesus in my life. And so I want that to, to be reflected in and through me. And so we need to, to evaluate, to reevaluate uh, our whole idea of what discipleship is, because it's not about the lessons, it's not about per se the knowledge, but it's about making the choice to follow him. How can I follow Jesus in my life? Uh, how, am I, how am I acting? How am I uh, living? How is my relationship with God? Do I, do I love God? Am I showing that love for God in my life? You know, when we look at different scriptures, um, we see that, you know, the, the, the greatest commandment is about loving God. Well, how, how great is that love in us? I mean, do we love God first? Do we love God more? And that's what it comes down to. Do we love God more? More than the different things in our life. And there are many things that want to take that affection. Okay, that want to take, you know, do you know what affection is? We talk, you know, the Bible says, set your affection on things above, not on things uh, on the earth. That affection are the things in your life that affect you. The things in your life that cause you to act. What, what causes you to act? What makes an effect on you? Okay, often uh, the things that affect us are the things that we love. You know, it could be money. I mean, money is a great motivator. <laughs> we work and I mean, it's even a biblical principle that the, the laborer is worthy of his reward. Uh, but we often work with that reward in mind. That money, that reward has an effect on us. Okay, maybe it's maybe it's fame or popularity. Maybe that's what affects us. You know, um, you know, we live in an age uh, where everyone is going and getting their uh, words of affirmation online. You have Facebook and you post a picture, and you know how many people will like it. Okay, that has an effect on people, uh, and it's actually a scientifically proven thing that uh, people are addicted to that interaction online with people liking or loving what they post to the point that that is what motivates them, uh, that acceptance in society. Well, the thing that motivates us, the thing that really should have the greatest effect in our lives is our desire to follow Jesus. It's not wrong to, to want to interact in uh, in and amongst friends, but 
The thing is, what about your interaction with Christ? Is that have any bearing on our life's choices? Does it actually motivate us? Does it inspire us to go out and to, to, to live for him and to do his work and to put him first in our life? You know, we, uh, Christ wants us to live the abundant life. Uh, many people often think that if you're a Christian, then, oh man, you're just going to have a boring life. You know, you're not going to be able to really live like people are elsewhere. But you know, you can live for Christ and Christ wants you to live the abundant life. He wants you to have a full life, a complete life. Uh, the life that we see in the world has nothing on the life that can be lived for Christ. And so as we go out in our churches, as you go to your church on Wednesday or on Sunday, uh, and you interact with people, how are we inspiring people around us to follow him? How are we motivating and helping people to make that choice to follow Christ? And more especially, what about us? What about you? Have you made that choice yourself? Have you made that choice that you are going to follow Christ? You're going to put him first in your life. You're going to develop that relationship with him and let your love for him grow more and more each day. Because the, the first commandment is to love God. And the second commandment is to love others. It's to love other people. And, and Jesus said, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye love one another. And so what is a church planner as we talk about the Great Commission and missionary work and going out? Uh, basically, a church planter is helping people to know God, helping people to follow him. And, and that's it. Really, the, the, the actual part of birthing the church and the church being born, that's not actually my part. Okay, I don't bring the increase. Uh, I don't uh, work in people's lives. All, that action is, is really on God. God does all of that. My job is just to go in and to give people the gospel and to help people understand their place uh, in the body of Christ and their responsibility in this new relationship with him. And I want you to, to maybe be encouraged with your part and your role in the Great Commission as well. Because uh, it's not just up to the missionary. It's not just up to the pastor. You have an equal part in growing the church uh, right where you are by influencing people and helping people to understand that we can do this together if we focus on Christ and if we heed the call when Jesus says to us, follow me. So I pray this podcast was a blessing today. Um, you know, this has been a topic that really has been on my heart um, for some time, and I've been uh, teaching a lot on it, I've been preaching a lot, even here in the United States. But it's something that really, it affects the missionary, but it, it also affects you as, as the listener, as you go and you serve in your local body as well. And so again, um, my name is Damon Matachera, uh, and my family and I, were missionaries. This is what we do uh, over in Zambia. Uh, and we love doing it. It's a great adventure. Um, God's doing so much in and through our lives. And, and really, it's not, it's not about us, but rather it's about the work that God is doing. And this is what really gets us excited, is that God is still working. God is still doing, doing things, and we just need to be willing. 
We just need to be willing to be used. And so if you would like to learn more about who we are and what we're doing, uh, I want to encourage you to go to our website at hopezambia.com. That is hopezambia.com. Uh, we have a bunch of stuff on there that you can uh, follow as you learn a little bit more. Uh, and if you want to get involved, hey, I want to encourage you, uh, if you want to come on a missions trip, if you want to come and visit us in Africa, uh, if you want to uh, maybe help with one of the different things that we're trying to do, uh, we're also fundraising. We want to buy land uh, so that we can build a ministry base. There's so much that's going on. Uh, we would love for you to take part. Uh, and so please contact us. If you have any questions as well, uh, just write us an email from the website at Hope Zambia, and we would love to hear from you. So from all of us to all of you, have a great day, and we will talk to you later. God bless.